Hi, I'm Cynthia, the spontaneous F-bomb dropping Virgo who likes to sort socks. And I'm Michelle, the highly inquisitive, science-loving hypnotherapist who reads and walks a whole lot. You're You're listening listening to to It's All Connected. Connected. We decided to start this podcast because we are wildly curious and we want to talk about how events are connected, like spirit, business, love, and relationships, especially if the cause isn't obvious. We're also going to be talking about self-expansion and life's true purpose because it's our belief that there are invisible cosmic forces tying things together, often in unexpected and wonderful ways. We want to learn how people think about connections, making space for serendipity, the unknown, and magic. Nerd out with us and have fun along the way. Follow us and expand your sense of what's possible. Because Because it's all connected. Welcome, and thank you for listening to It's All Connected. I am Cynthia Varkavisser, and you're here with my co-host, Michelle Walters, and our special guest, Bridget Salmaji. Now, Bridget, besides being a personal friend of mine, a close personal friend, is a Karuna and Yusui Reiki master and teacher, and she's been practicing for over 20 years. She's also done soul collaging and is a death doula and an officiant, which in itself is an amazing story. So we wanted to speak today with Bridget about our theme. Our theme this this episode is success. And we've been thinking a lot about success and about how success comes in many different forms. I spent 20 years in digital marketing, in corporations and agencies, and that environment is very different from my new world of working in hypnotherapy and career coaching and I'm beginning to feel more like success is more about kind of finding your place of heart wisdom, a place of satisfaction or joy with what you're doing. And we wanted to hear from you, Bridget. How do you think about success? I think success is measured on a daily basis. At the end of the day, if I feel that I've been genuine, in pursuing what makes my soul feel good, what has assisted others in feeling good, because that always happens when we feel good, I think I'm successful. I, my idea of success, I think has changed greatly over the past few years. Uh, personally, uh, success to me has a whole new meaning in that living in the moment and experiencing whatever it is, especially those packages I would never have chosen, but seeing the gift in them almost instantaneously has been a real source of a feeling of success that I've never had before. So that's how I feel about success. You know, I love you so much and I have to tell the story of our magic meeting. Okay. The way I remember it. So break in if, if I, if I am incorrect, but um, Bridget and her husband, Henry, were on a magical anniversary trip in which everything just seemed to be gifted to them. And uh, I happened to be at this little store in Benicia called Angel Heart for You, where I was the daily psychic. And I only go there. I was going there twice a month. That's it. Just two times a month. And uh, this lady comes walking in uh, and I'm in a little office. My door is cracked and I hear conversation, but the energy felt like there's something, 
there's something just a little bit off and I just wanted to see what was going on. As soon as I opened the door, there's this woman and she says, oh yeah, I'm going to get a reading. And we walked in and it was just a brief, brief reading, 30 minutes. At the 30 minute mark, for some reason, I felt compelled to do this thing that I, I do, but I don't tell a whole lot of people, or at least not at the time, which is clear channeling the fifth, a, diff, a fifth dimensional entity called Enduro and Endura. So I said to Bridget, I said, I'm doing this thing um, called fifth dimension. Would you like to see? And she said, sure. And I, um, and I did a quick message from this channeled space. And Bridget said, well, you certainly weren't here. And then we talked a little bit and I knew that I wanted to be her friend. So we exchanged numbers. And three years later, with just a little bit of correspondence, I said, you know what? I'm going to be in New York, uh, in Manhattan. What would it take to come see you? Can I come visit? And we visited and I have been a huge, huge fan of Bridget ever since. So, And, and I of you as well. I of you as well. And I do think as Michelle and I were speaking earlier, we meet people at the right time. I was ready to meet you then. You had a piece of information for me that nobody else could give me. So um, that connection was there, whether we spoke, it took us a while to actually physically get together again, but once we did, we knew that that was gonna be forever. Right, yeah. right. Yeah, well, that's sweet. It was one of those, yeah, one of those really crazy soul sister moments, which, doesn't happen very often. So I, I feel very um, blessed. Now, when I met Bridget, um, I loved her community. She welcomed me in. She had me do, um, she invited me to teach the class or actually do the fifth dimension. I loved how she took care of her community. Um, she definitely uh, was the leader. And I love that she had people practice Reiki on vets veterans it's like I don't I haven't you don't hear that here at least not in the Bay Area not in my my world so I had a whole lot of respect for her and then uh Bridget had a, a special thing happen to her uh which we'll go into in just a second and not that my relationship with Bridget changed but Bridget's idea of leadership and success changed and that's why we wanted to have you on for success so would you mind talking to us a little bit about that journey? Okay. Well, I first, it started with having a tremendously emotional experience, something I would never have picked, that I found myself defining myself as a victim, being betrayed, being thrown out, being cast aside. And this really was vibrating in my being to such a degree um, that I was not surprised to find myself sitting on an exam table and hearing the doctor saying, you have cancer. I knew instantly, as soon as the doctor said that, that it was from my unprocessed anger, my unprocessed grief, my unprocessed sense of betrayal. I knew in that moment, well, first of all, I should back up a little bit. The cancer word itself is just such a conundrum. It comes with a million things. So many things come to mind. The man actually didn't say cancer. Uh, initially, he kept saying MDS, which 
I really didn't know what it was, so I was sort of okay. And then he said, I don't think you understand. You have cancer. And I said, oh, okay. Um, from that moment, I know it sounds crazy. I did sit in the car and think, okay, I don't know what the outcome of this will be. However, I do know where it came from and I do know the work I need to do. I will have to pursue the doctor's end of things, but I know my work. My work is to look at how it is I find myself here. And I knew that number one, I was at the wrong doctor because I said to him, well, I've had a lot of emotional upset in my life. And he said, you mean to tell me you think that has anything to do with your well-being?" So I knew at that moment, we were not a, a, a fit. I appreciated his diagnostic tools, but I moved along and found myself in, um, I went into NYU and the practitioner at NYU said, how is it that you find yourself sitting here with cancer? Thank you. So I knew I had arrived. So I had all of this time. I found myself looking at people walking around, if we'll stay in the success thing, looking very professional and getting on with their lives and, and living. And I found myself driving to my appointments thinking, I wonder what it would be like to not have this kind of uh, big thing hanging over me. These people walking around, they don't even look happy. And, and what a shame because, and, I mean, they could have had the same thing I did and I didn't know, but my perception was that they're not really appreciating how wonderful life is. So I used this time, I was not going to have, I needed to get a, a, a blood donor. So number one, they had to find someone that matched me. Um, and I used the time to work on me. 100%. I did nothing other than work on me. I did my tapping. I did all of my tools, my Reiki, my energy, my eating energy work, every tool, my soul collaging. And I just went deeper and deeper. So this way, when I got to the place of getting the transplant, which I'm happy to say my son was a match, complete match, I would be ready for whatever happened. I was bringing my A game. So the outcome I didn't know because one in 10 people just pass away. They don't know why it just doesn't work. Two out of the 10 don't do so well and seven walk away, you know, pretty unscathed. I figured the odds were pretty good, but honestly, my focus wasn't on that. My focus was on how did I get here and how could I be successful getting through this? And I really do think that that is what happened with my idea of what success means. I found myself realizing success is about this very day in this moment, how, how good am I doing here now? It's not about, um, you know, having these, I had these little goals that, oh, when I get here, this will mean I'm successful. All of those little goals really, well, that's sort of nice bonuses along the way, but it's the everyday connection. I found myself looking at my relationships and saying, well, is this a relationship that, that really feeds my soul? Do I feed this person's soul? Do they feed my soul? Is this a relationship that works for me or is this a relationship that has had a, a season and it's time for me to move on from it? So in the really crappy package was this incredible gift incredible gift. I would never have gotten to know myself as well as I do. 
So I do feel most successful than I ever have. And I intend to stay very connected to my community that helped foster that uh, in me. Uh, and I do realize when I'm not staying with, you know, with people who are happy to celebrate my success, then I can find myself going back to my old way of judging myself about what this person might be saying about me or what did they think of what I said. I really don't really give a flip about what people think about what I say anymore. So I think that's success. I think that's it in a nutshell. I love it. I love it. I think that's a fantastic definition. And your story of overcoming cancer is huge, Bridget, and 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 beautiful all all at once. I've I've had um I've had some people in my life who've needed to overcome big things and watching people go through something like that and receiving that gift, it's just it's just fantastic. It's just fantastic. And I'm so glad that you're here and able to share this with us. Thank you so much. I, I do want to say one thing about uh, when you're saying about overcoming cancer. And I do think that that is, uh, I'm very celebratory about that. I don't think that with, that I ticked all the boxes, I did everything right. I think it was my soul's journey to recover. I don't, some people's sole journey is not to recover. They, they get to move on to something else. So I don't necessarily think it's a matter of doing anything right. I think it is about doing everything truthful. And, you know, being, yeah, that makes part, sense. Of the and being part of the process. My doctors worked with me. There were different times when they wanted to do different things. And when I asked why, and maybe we could do something differently, they worked with me. And I do think that that's important. And when Cynthia asked me to talk about this, I felt that that's empowering to tell people. You can actually say to the doctor, I don't know what you do. And that's what I said. I don't know what you do. And I, I am grateful that you do what you do. You don't know what I do. So I'll teach you and you teach me. And really, it was so symbiotic. It, it, it so worked. And of course, we all hoped for the outcome that ended up being what was best for my soul, but none of us knew really what that was going to be. Yeah. So I think success sometimes we think is getting the thing we, you know, getting cured or getting the job. Or, and I don't know that that's always, the, that's always uh, the point of success. That's a really good frame to remember. The other point you've been making that I think is important for people to hear because I think there are a lot of people who don't do what you did is speak up for your medical care, find the right physicians. Just because you get paired with a physician does not mean that it's the perfect match. And sometimes you need to speak up and keep looking and your story includes that. And I think that's really important for people to remember that if, if a physician doesn't feel like he or she is the right person for your team, keep looking. Yeah. That's great. It's true. Absolutely. So you're listening to It's All Connected with Cynthia Varkavisser and Michelle Walters. We're speaking here today with Bridget Salmaji from Long Island in New York. Uh, follow us on your podcast app so you don't miss any of our upcoming interviews. Uh, Bridget, yes, I want to talk about the, um, the successes within your journey. So I loved the story of 
hey, you don't know what I do. So please respect my energy work because we're going to be working together and I respect your work. Uh, I, please also talk about um, the way that you handled your medications because that's uh, that was another form of advocacy that I feel is a great success story. Okay. Well, initially, they they have a, they had a protocol. If you get diagnosed with the type of blood cancer I have, you immediately start. Um, your immune system is very compromised, so they're afraid that you'll get so compromised that you won't be well enough to do the transplant. So they immediately start giving you chemotherapy. I had requested since they test my blood every Monday, could they give me the week, the weeks in between those visits to do my energy work? And if my immune system stayed the same, could we forego that chemotherapy? I just had a feeling it wasn't something I needed. It, it was, you know, met with a little skepticism, but I, when I explained that if I come back next Monday and there's any change in my blood, I will definitely do the chemotherapy, but let's just give it a week. Well, I did all the weeks from my from the end of February till May, and I never needed any chemotherapy. I worked really hard at my energy work. I um, had the services of a beautiful energy practitioner, Mary Sasson. She does she's an Eden Energy medicine person, and she worked on me uh, at least once a week. I worked on myself. And so therefore that all of those, those drugs I didn't need in my system. When I went in, I really had had no treatments at all. Uh, the night before I went in, I did need a little blood and that was it. Once in there, uh, the pharmacy department comes up and discusses what they're going to do as far as uh, mediating your pain. And I explained that I really was not per a person that was comfortable with pain medications. They, they were nothing, They've never really worked well for me. Um, I, I had taken some when I had a cesarean many years ago. Uh, they make me hallucinate. They're just, there's nothing about them that feels good. So I would like to use medical marijuana. That is something that I'm very familiar with. It is something that I um, was very much aware of it being of assistance to me once I got my diagnosis. Um, it took that that, uh, that edge off, that real, that temptation to go into jump into fear, it really helped me to assuage that. Plus it helped me have a sense of appetite when we're, when we have something uh, so big happening, we don't really get very excited about eating food because we're just trying to digest what's happening on, on the outside. We're not looking forward to putting something inside. So that helped me with my appetite as well. So I explained that to him and it was something that they had never really done. And they were not particularly comfortable with it. However, the palliative care person came and we had a discussion about it and their concern was that it would not be, um, it would not help manage the pain enough that I would need other things as well. So I said, well, we'll let's try. So when it came to, when push came to shove, um, I was using um, the medical marijuana and they were giving me medications in the IV that I was not aware of. However, I'm sure they told me because the nursing staff was absolutely outrageous. They were so wonderful. I'm sure that it was said to me, but in the state I was in, I probably didn't process it properly. The end result for me was I 
I started to get very paranoid that I was in this like science experiment because everything's so sterile when you get a transplant. Um, people, you know, sometimes have to wear all kinds of garb to come in and see you and that type of thing. So the pharmacist, I asked to speak to him, wonderful individual. He came up, I said, this isn't working for me. I'm not, I'm not feeling well. This medication isn't helping me. Um, it might be mitigating my pain, but I'm not mentally uh, and emotionally well. So we stopped that and just did the medical marijuana. And it really was um, a lifesaver. It really was a lifesaver. I started to eat better. It took that edge off. Um, I had one nurse in particular that always asked for me when she was on and she was just a, a lifesaver. And she would say to me, Bridget, it's time for your medication. Because <laughs> she could see that, and you know, you do get anxious. You know, you're in the hospital, you're in sterile setting. You really, I couldn't have visitors other than my husband because of COVID. I will say though that my daughter worked for NYU and she is the program manager for integrative medicine. So I got my people to come. I got Reiki, my, my healing modalities were afforded to me, which is absolutely amazing. So anyone who's in a, uh, a medical facility should ask, what type of energy services do you have? Most hospitals have massage. Most hospitals have uh, Reiki. There is so much science behind all of these modalities that hospitals are um, seeing the benefits, experiencing the benefits, the nurses are trained in it. So it is beneficial to ask, you know, it would not have been offered to me. And I know this because a lot of the nurses said, wow, I didn't even know we had these services. So it's important to do whatever healing modalities you use, it's important to push yourself to engage in them even when you don't feel it, really feel like you have the energy to do it, because these are the things that your, your being knows, and these are the things that are going to support you. I love that story so much, so very much. And you know that my partner, Dee, is a nurse, and she talks about nurses being, I mean, that is their job is to advocate for their clients and their care. So I love that you utilize that and that you asked, you know, those, those questions about what else do you have, you know, especially when it comes to your modalities and your belief system. Um, what I, what, during this time, uh, we, we didn't get to talk to Bridget at all because, you know, we really wanted, it was asked of us, all our, of her friends and community to just, um, just wait for um, updates so that Bridget can really focus on herself. But from time to time, we would get these amazing pictures from her room. And it would say, Bridget was moved and now she can see the river. Bridget was moved and now, and she had these amazing views. And it was just absolutely beautiful. And just so you know, she would, you know, the moves, how many moves did you have in that time, four. Bridget? Four. four. Four moves. Four moves and how many months were you there? Uh, well, actually, I, I should have been there a month, but I actually got out five days early. Yeah. So in less than one month, you were moved four times and got four different exquisite views of New York. It was amazing. Yeah. So let's talk about your work. How's your work going right now? How's how is the community going? Well, uh, what's going on with you? I didn't know what my work was going to look like. I still don't know what my work is going to look like. I am seeing clients again, um, sharing Reiki. I haven't uh, started teaching 
Um, I really didn't know if I was going to share Reiki the way I did in, uh, prior to my diagnosis. I um, got a phone call from a person um, that I don't know, and I was referring my clients out to, you know, uh, other people in my community are very gifted. And I got this phone call from a woman and she was starting to talk about her daughter and she was very panicked. And she was saying her daughter needed to see someone that day. So I really didn't want to commit to that I could find her a practitioner that day. So I, but as she was speaking, I started to hear and I asked her to be quiet and I started to hear the daughter's story. I started to hear why the daughter needed to see someone today. And um, I was getting this information so crystal clear, which is not something that happens to me all the time. And I had this knowing that I was supposed to see this client. So I, I was a little nervous, to be honest. I did tell the woman, I'm gonna call you back in 10 minutes. And I hung up the phone and I thought, wow, I don't know what this looks like. If I'm ready to do this, um, I think so. I wouldn't have been got, I wouldn't have received all this information about her daughter. And would it be ethical if I referred her on to someone else and I told her this private information I heard? So I realized, no, this was my, this was spirit saying it's time. So my first client was a, a, a young teenager and I had such a beautiful experience with her. Um, it turned out it was her grandmother who was speaking to me, who ended up giving me so much evidence, her name and, and a lot of evidence and, and such beautiful information for this young teenager that um, couldn't have come from someplace else. I knew that that was spirit saying, this is what you're supposed to be doing, get back in that room. So I am back in my Reiki room. I am enjoying it. I'm going at life uh, slowly. I'm more mindful about uh, the the uh, situations I say yes to. Um, I did participate peripherally through Wellness and Reiki, which is um, the name of my practice. Uh, that We did a beautiful, actually, I just witnessed a beautiful um, gathering of these lovely uh, parents who have lost their children. And I felt, yeah, this is really um, the type of work I'm supposed to be doing. I'm supposed to be doing this soul work. I'm supposed to be in with people who are willing to look at the very difficult situations they find themselves in and say, where's the gift in here? What am I supposed to learn here? What, what is my soul beckoning me to see or feel? So I don't know what my, what wellness and Reiki is going to look like in the future, but I'm happy taking it day by day. I love that. It sounds like it's soul's wellness and Reiki, oh, isn't it? I love that. I love that. <laughs> yes, I love that. Maybe we can adapt that name a little bit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We're all going to do work together. I am really looking forward to that. Yes, we will continue to do work together. Yeah. One last question before we sign off, which is, this is all about success. And mm. I'd like you to... Um, take your success view even up higher. So your, your work is changing. You're really in the moment. How do you define success with family, with friends, with what's happening in our communities? Hmm, I like that. 
Okay, well, I think I would be remiss in not um, talking about this because I think that this is something that we've heard so much so often. And I know that I probably even spoke about it, but didn't really have the profound understanding I do of it now. There is such profound power in prayer. And whatever prayer, however you pray, people pray gardening, people pray uh, walking labyrinths, people active prayer, silent prayer, whatever. If you're religious, if you're not religious, it doesn't really matter. What I found was my connection to spirit was so enriched by the gifts that not just my community, but extended from my community, the, the, uh, the ripples of my community, their, their relatives, their people sending me all different types of things. I have, I have Russian coins and wooden boxes. I have uh, Padre Pio's relic. I have, uh, I, I managed through my family, I managed to end up with my great aunt Bridget's rosary beads from Lourdes. I'm not gonna say I said the rosary, not that there's anything wrong with it, but I didn't have that kind of energy. Holding her rosaries in my hand and feeling her faith impacted me. Feeling the faith of everyone who sent something to me, a prayer, a, a blessing, a relic, a thought, really assisted me in, in going through this journey so um, gracefully as I could. I literally found myself physically moved. I'd be in one place in my room in the hospital with no energy to get to where I, to my bed. <laughs> And all of a sudden I'd be in my bed. Now, it's, it would it be a big deal to forget that, carrying the pole and walking, but I had no recollection of ever doing that. So I think that that is something that, that's my takeaway. That's how um, connected we are. That is how connected we are. I could use a little help here. I will leave out the, the, the full phrase of what I said because we'll keep it clean, but that's really, um, a big part of being successful, knowing that our team that we see and don't see are right here. I could use a little help in this little thing to get the top off this bottle, to get me a job, to find me a spot, to help me be peaceful enough to appreciate my moment. They, are, they never say no. They never say no. So I think that that is integral in having success to know that we're part of something much greater than ourselves. And we're, we're not doing this by ourselves. Bridget, you have been just an absolutely delightful guest to have oh, today. Thank you. This was and fun, my first podcast. Yeah, no, it's great, right? And I, I love how you're talking about how everything is connected. And that's the name of our show. It's all connected. It that's is. completely how Cynthia and I see the world. And we just love having guests that we can bring on to share our viewpoint and enthusiasm. And we really appreciate you sharing your story today and giving everyone a hope and a little perspective and a little lesson in kind of what does it take to be successful by being present in the moment? That's really kind of what I 
what I took away from our talk. And it, I didn't, I didn't know you before. I am so glad I had the chance to meet with you today. Thank you for being on our show. My pleasure. I really enjoyed it. I really did. Thank and you I hope that it's empowering to people. Good. Okay. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you nice too. To see you, Cynthia. Big love to you. You've been listening to It's All Connected with Cynthia Varkavisser and Michelle Walters. We've been speaking today with Bridget Salmaji from Long Island. We will have her details in the show notes. Please remember to follow us on your podcast app so you don't miss any of our upcoming interviews. Thanks for listening. Hi, Michelle here. I wanted to invite our listeners to a couple of events Cynthia and I have coming up. I have an event called Nourish and Flourish on Friday, August 19th from 12 to 12.50 p.m. Pacific. If you're interested and curious, check it out at my website, michellewalters.net. Cynthia is putting on a retreat in September called Release Your Inner Badass. Find details at her website, cynthiavarkavisser.com. The details are in the show notes. Thank you. You've been listening to It's All Connected. connected.